But to those who are not believers, to those who are listening to this and are probably skeptical or telling I didn't give enough facts or any of that stuff, honestly, I'm going to ask you, what do you have to lose by giving yourself to Christ? Soundstripe. Hey, welcome guys. Welcome to the Lord I Need You podcast. This is episode three with the title of Have Hope, He's Coming. Have Hope, He's Coming, which is such an exciting thing to hear. But anyway, my name is Casper Schiestel. Um, I am the messenger of this podcast, not the host because the big man is the host of this podcast. I am just simply the messenger. But with that said, before we get into the whole episode, I'm going to go into the plugs, which are the best part of this. We all know plugs are fantastic. But anyway, we have to do them, obviously, because we want to get this out to as many people as possible. We want to get the Lord's word and what he has to say to as many people as possible. That is the goal. So you can find this podcast literally anywhere. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Google Podcasts. You can find it on Stitcher, you can find it on Podchaser, you can find it on TuneIn, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you're going to be able to find it. Oh, also the biggest one, Spotify. Uh, Just type in the title, Lord, I Need You, and you'll be able to find the podcast there. You can also go follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, where you'll see clips. Uh, The clips you'll be here at the beginning of the episode will also be posted on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. Again, just type in Lord, I Need You. And on Instagram and TikTok, you can type in Lord, I Need You with periods instead of spaces. And you'll find the album cover as the, you know, icon. The, uh, oh, what's it called? The, uh, uh, what's it called? Profile picture. Thank you. That took a long time. So you'll be able to find that there. Now, before we get started, uh, I'm going to pray. Should we always pray to start? And we'll pray to end it as well. But I'm going to pray here to start it off. And so if you're able, uh, please close your eyes, bow your heads, put your hands together, and take off your hats as we are about to speak to the big man himself. Dear Lord, we are so thankful that we have the ability to be here, that we have the ability to hear from you and to hear what you have to say. Lord, please open up all of our hearts, our souls, and our minds so we may be ready to receive whatever you have for us today um, in your message. We thank you. Uh, Again, prepare our hearts. Um, Keep us all safe as you go about our days. Um, We love you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's get started. Uh, If you have your Bible with you or if you're even able to, because I know some people are driving or listen to it while they're working, but if you have your Bible with you, you can open up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, because that's where we're going to be today. So we're going to take a look at verses 13 through 18 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But before we do that, I'm going to read the whole passage before we start diving in on the verse to verse. Um, Now, I have to mention that my Bible is an NLT, the New Living Translation. So I know it's a little different from many people from the original versions. 
I'm totally with, you know, getting new different translations, trying out different translations because they all speak a little different. They all say the same thing, but they can speak to you in different ways. And the Lord just really speaks to me through the NLT. But we're going to go into some different word changes in specific of these uh, 13 through 18 verses. And we'll see what the differences is because it's pretty interesting and you can always find something new that the Lord is trying to show you. But I'm NLT, so if you have a different version, just hold on. I am reading the same verses you are. It just might sound a little different. But let's get in and read the word. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. A stinking men. Uh, That is beautiful. That should get you hyped up because this is an exciting news. I mean, Paul said it himself. Encourage each other. So. That is the passage that we're going to dive into a little bit. So it's all about the Lord's coming. It's all about him coming again. And I'm going to give you some context because context is everything. If we didn't know this, then you haven't lived because in this world every day we find facts that have no context and people get misconstrued and people get mad at each other and don't understand. So context is everything. So let me give you some context. This is a message from the Lord given to Paul. And Paul right now is speaking this message to the Thessalonians, because the Lord asked him to, obviously, since it's the book of Thessalonians. So he's speaking to the Thessalonians, and he's giving this message that God has given him to share. And so the first verses 13 through 17 are structured as the revelation. So it's kind of like the meat of uh, of the message. And then verse 18 is the proper response, which I think is so funny that Paul would give the people the proper response, like, Hey, by the way, if you don't know how to react to this, this is how you're supposed to react. You're supposed to be happy. Um, So that's your proper response. If you don't have the right one, you got to fix that. Um, But anyway, we're going to dive right in to verse 13. So I'll reread verse, just verse 13, and then I'll dive into it. So verse 13 says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Now, I want to signify the part that says believers who have died. Now, I know, like I said earlier, with the different translations, some translations don't have died in there, but also but have fallen asleep. So it would read, what will happen to believers who have fallen asleep? Now, what he means by that, what he's talking about with asleep and death is those believers who have physically died. Um, since we believe that Christians, as Christians, those who die, they go to heaven. So their physical bodies are dead, but they are not actually dead. So that's why other translations will use asleep um, because we don't believe in death being certain. Um, we believe in a life after death, obviously, and that's obviously what Paul is referring to <clears throat> in this whole message. But died also, same thing. It's just the physical death, your body's physical death. 
um, that he's talking about. Now, I also want to get to the last part where he says, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Now, those who have no hope are those who aren't Christians and don't believe in a life after death. Obviously, when they, if you're not a Christian, you don't believe in life after death and someone dies, you think that's final. Uh, many atheists believe this, right? Death is final. There's nothing after death, just darkness. And, you know, all you got is your time here on earth and that's it. And so obviously when they grieve for death, as everyone grieves for death, but their grief for death is going to be a little different than ours because they don't believe in anything after, unlike us who believe that as Christians believe that there's life after death. Um, and we have proof to show this, which I'll get into a little bit later, but we don't have to grieve because we know that they're in heaven. And since we've given our life to Christ, if you have, then you know, you'll see them again. So let's go into verse 14. Verse 14 says, For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Now, this is super interesting because I did not know this. And when doing my research, I found some really cool stuff. But before, but the first half of verse 14, so 14a, for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, that is the essence of our belief, right? That's the essence of our faith. Um, as Christians, we believe truly and this is defines our faith that the lord died jesus died which there are plenty and plenty of accounts recording jesus death and that he rose again that's the biggest one right there that he rose again that is the essence of our faith um some christianity groups believe in different things that he didn't come back to life that we're still waiting for the first time to come back but obviously it says here and we know that in his word it's proven and through factual evidence that is proven that he did come back to life so with doing different research and doing all that, while I was trying to figure out this uh, script that the Lord wanted me to share and doing my research, the, I, the Lord showed me and I found that all the evidence that comes with the Bible, proving the Bible's truth is astronomical in evidence and has the most evidence recorded to prove the Bible that it exists. I mean, if you go back to the time that Jesus walked the earth and his death and resurrection, right, with Rome and everything. Rome was, at that time, one of the leading civilizations of uh, recording data, recording events. They are one of the leading civilizations that recorded these things. And so when they would record these crazy things that happened in Jesus' life and Jesus' life on earth, it matches up directly with what the Bible says. I also recorded the resurrection as well when Jesus came back to life because he was seen by over 500 people and all of his closest friends. And he was on this earth after he rose again for about 40 days. So over a month, he was he was back in the flesh. Because um, I know a lot of people believe that, oh, when you die and you see them, a lot of people say that they've seen the person that they died because they were super close with, you know, the figment of their imagination. They're imagining seeing them again. But this isn't the case because if you go to Doubting Thomas, the Lord came to Doubting Thomas and he was in the flesh and he even allowed Thomas to touch the holes in his fingers. He was out to physically touch him. And uh, over 500 people saw the Lord um, after he rose again. And so it'd be kind of crazy to think that 500 people, over 500 people all had the same figment of their imagination of Jesus walking around. So obviously... The Lord defeated death, so we know this is truth, and that the essence of our faith is true, that he came back to life after he died. Also, I want to touch on the second half of this verse. It says, we also believe 
that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. So I didn't know that, but I think this is super cool that when when we, so those who have passed and those who believe, so for me, it would be my grandma and my grandpa. It'd be my great grandma. Um, eventually, sadly, it will be my parents. Um, if the Lord doesn't return by then, um, and it'd be my other grandparents that are still alive. But when the Lord comes back, he's going to, all those Christians that are with the Lord and starting their eternity with him, they're going to come back with him when he comes for the final time to take us all. Uh, so I just thought that was super cool that they get to come back uh, and be with us when we all get to go to be with Jesus for the final time. So let's take a look at verse 15. Now 15 is really interesting. We'll dive a little deeper into 15. Verse 15 says, We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living with the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. Now it does and again, died asleep, those who have passed already that are Christians that are already spending time with the Lord in heaven. Now, I want to dig into this one because the very first part of this verse, he says, we tell you this directly from the Lord. I think that is, one, very smart of Paul to say that, to take his sinful self out of it and to put what the Lord has said to him and give the Lord the credit of what he was about to say. But I also want to, he also said it for ignorance sake. He didn't want them to have any ignorance at all. He wanted them to be knowledgeable that, hey, this is the Lord. This isn't of me. So they can't be ignorant and say they didn't know, right? Because Paul Paul told them directly, this is from the Lord. And this is the same thing with this podcast. Uh, so I really relate to that and what Paul was saying, because the Lord asked me to start this podcast. The Lord tells me what I need to say. The Lord tells me what he wants me to speak on. The Lord tells me what I need to add to the script, what I don't need to. I ask the Lord to, when I'm speaking right now, to take away some things and to add some things, you know, whatever he wants me to say. I mean, you guys won't know this, but... Earlier in this podcast, I said some things when I was recording it, didn't love it, and I felt the Lord say, that is not of me. And so I went back and deleted it up because it wasn't of him. So I also want to dive in to we who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. So that second part of that verse, obviously it's saying what has already been said is that Christians don't die. We go back uh, and we live with the Lord after our physical death. Now, the reason why he's kind of pounding this point is because the Thessalonians, they strictly believed as a culture that there was no life after death. After, once death happened, it was finalized. They were kind of like the atheists of that time. Um, and they didn't believe in life after death. So that's why the Lord specifically sent Paul to say specifically this message of there is a life after death and Jesus proved it. And so you can even tell because when archaeologists went to Thessalonica, they found writings on the walls that said, after death, no receiving. After the, gro after the grave, no meeting again. So obviously, if you, if you hear that fully, after death, no receiving. After the grave, no meeting again. They believe that everything after death is done. Like once you're, once you're, once you're gone, you're gone and there's no coming back and there's no other place. You're just in a black void. I guess is what they believe. But then they also found graves there in Thessalonica where it says on the tombstones, I was not, I became, I am not, I care not. I think that's really interesting because if you dive into that, I was not, so that means he wasn't alive. I became, so that means he was born, right? He or she. And then I am not, so they died. They lived their life and they died. And I care not that there's no feelings, they're nothing because that's the end. 
right? They can't have any feelings. They're gone and there's nothing else after. So it just proved to the fact that the Thessalonians didn't believe in an afterlife. Hence the reason why Paul's here. Hence the Lord has asked him to share this message. Now, I also want to dive in to, again, verse 15, but that second week, because he says it twice. We tell you directly from the Lord, we who are still living with the Lord returns. I really want to dive into that because that's super interesting that he used the word we. And many people can skip over it. I skipped over it when I first read it. But when he's saying we, he's including himself and he's including the Thessalonians who he's talking to at that current moment. He could have used those, right? Those who are still living when the Lord returns, which takes him out of it and speaks of a future tense of a future people, right? And he takes the Thessalonians out of it. But he used we to signify that we have no idea when the Lord is coming again. The only one who knows that the Lord is coming again is the Father. It says that strictly in the Bible. It could have happened when Paul was speaking this message. It could have happened hours after the message. It could have it could have happened now. It could happen while I'm speaking. It could happen while you're listening to this because that could be a totally different time. It could happen 100 years from now. But with that said, all he's saying is that this is urgent. You need to hear this message. You need to know what it's saying. And you need to really reflect because it could happen any moment. And when the Lord comes a second time, that's too late. That's not, oh, he's coming? Okay, so he's real, so now I have to accept my salvation. No, by that point, it's too late. If the Lord's here, it's already too late. Because it takes faith, and the Lord and the Lord is asking for your faith. Right? This is time where, this is the time now before he comes to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and to receive the salvation that lasts forever and that will get you that ticket, and I hate using that analogy, but it is true to get that ticket to go to heaven and to spend eternity with the Lord. So, super urgent. Thessalonians need to hear that. We need to hear that. This is an urgent message from the Lord, and it's still urgent from Paul. Even though it was years and years and years and years and years ago, this is still very important to us today. Now let's dive into verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died, again, asleep, will rise from their graves. So uh, the biggest thing that caught my eye, and I know many who are just diving into the word will probably wonder the same thing. What is an archangel? Um, Because it's not just an angel, obviously, because it says a different title. And so when I looked up the archangel, all it's saying is that that's the Lord's highest ranking angel. So almost like a general in the military to the president. If Jesus was the president, then the archangel was the highest ranking general, right? So it's saying that Jesus, the, uh, his father and the archangel are all going to have a commanding kind of war cry that it is time and that Jesus is coming to take us all again. And then those who have came down with Jesus uh, will go with him uh, because they have already passed and they've been spending eternity. So they will go with him Uh, soon after that war cry and we get to see Jesus and start our transformation into heaven. So let's dive into verse 17. Then together with them, we who are still alive, which are those who are here when the Lord comes, our remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Now this is an awesome verse because when this happens, we get to go spend time. This is when we start our journey with Christ. Those who believe, those who have accepted Lord as their Lord and Savior and has accepted their salvation. 
we are going to go into heaven. This is where we're going to spend our eternity with Jesus. But when that happens, our earthly bodies are going to stay behind. Our earthly bodies are going to be left behind because they are unworthy and they are filled with sin, right? They're unworthy to be in the presence of the Lord. And so we're going to go from our earthly bodies into our spiritual bodies as we go into heaven and spend time. I mean, that's it's almost like we all died physically um, when the Lord comes again. Because just like those who have gone before us and weren't here when the Lord came again, they their physical bodies passed and were left behind. And they were changed in tears into their spirit spiritual body as they spend eternity with the Lord. Same thing will happen to us as we go, uh, as the Lord takes us into heaven. And this is uh, proven that our bodies are sinful and unworthy. Um, Our physical bodies is when the Lord comes to show himself and show his presence to Moses on Mount Sinai. I think it was Mount Sinai. Uh, When the Lord came and he came to speak to Moses, Moses had to have his eyes shielded from the Lord. Um, He had to be put between a rock and he couldn't see the actual figure of the Lord when he came down in the Old Testament. He had to, he only got to see the glow of the Lord because his eyes were unworthy and he had to cover his eyes because he was filled with sin. And the sin, the natural sin that we all have in our in ourselves is unworthy of the holiness that is of Jesus. It's so holy that our physical bodies cannot be in the same presence as the Lord because of how unworthy worthy it is. And that's just a beautiful thing because once we go into heaven, we get cleansed. Once we die, we get cleansed of all of our earthly flesh. And when the Lord comes again, all those who are still here are going to get cleansed from their earthly flesh. And so we get to be pure, truly pure, and no longer sinful when we go with the Lord. And we will never have to worry about sin again. We'll never have to struggle with sin. We just get to experience joy and love and peace and all the good that is of the Lord. Because we get to be in his presence. And we'll be worthy then once we shed our flesh and our sinful desires and our sinful flesh. So that's what Paul's saying right there. And it's a very exciting thing. And then 18 brings it all home, verse 18, and tells you pretty much exactly what the Lord is saying in in this whole message. And it says, so encourage each other with these words. Which I think is so beautiful because Paul is telling us to have hope. Have hope after this message. This message isn't meant to condemn. It isn't meant to make you feel bad, to make you feel sad, to make you feel worried or scared. It's none of that. All it is, the word is from the Lord because the Lord is good. All it is, is a message of hope. Have hope that you have this option, that you have this ability to be saved and have salvation forever and ever and to be truly of the Father and be able to, when he comes, to shed all that sin off. And it's going to be beautiful. So again, encourage each other. This is hope. This is all hope. This is all good things. Because, and we know this to be true. We know this to be true because Jesus is the only one, the only one on earth to defeat death. He's the only one to truly die and to be physically dead and then to come back alive, come back to life in the flesh. He's the only one to defeat death. And that is recorded not just through the Bible, but through other scriptures and through other documents uh, from Rome and from other nations. This is all seen and all proven so that Jesus actually did defeat death and came back to life again. Go, do your research. I am challenging you to do your research. We should all do research about everything we're told. We should always fact check the things we're told because we know in the day and age that we live in right now, lies are constant. Lies are always people trying to manipulate. 
Go, do your research. Put the Lord on trial and find out if he actually did rise again and come back to life. Because he did defeat death. And this is proof that we can defeat death too. If the Lord defeats death, then the Lord, let me re-clarify, we can't defeat death personally. The Lord can defeat death with us, which is proven when the Lord says, those who have died are not dead, but will be born again in Christ, in heaven, in their spiritual bodies, and will live on in eternity with me. For there is life after death. Once you die physically, there's a life after, and that hope that comes from that, and the proof that comes from Jesus doing it once already, saying, if I can do it for myself, I can do it for you. And all the miracles he's done throughout his life are obviously proven that he is the son of man and that he has defeated death. Now, with that said, I know you're going to, you should go and do your own research. But to those who are not believers, to those who are listening to this and are probably skeptical or telling I didn't give enough facts or any of that stuff, honestly, I'm going to ask you, what do you have to lose by giving yourself to Christ? What do you have to lose, though? Because if you think about it this way, let me, let me simplify it a ton for you. If you think about it this way, what are you giving up when you give your life to Christ? Well, a lot of people are going to tell you, Christians are going to tell you, that you're giving up your earthly desires, which is true. You are giving up your earthly desires if you're truly accepting Christ. But then to to those who don't believe or are doubting, you do have to give your life to Christ and you have to mean it. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to give it just to get the gold ticket to heaven, just in case it is real. You have to obviously mean it. And if you truly mean it, with that said, becoming a Christian, the Lord is a good, good father and he's going to give you free will. And that's the blessing he's given us is free will. We get the choice to choose. So you could choose salvation and then go off and live your regular old life. Now, with that said, you can't, no one can take away your salvation. Once you've truly given your life to Christ, and if you again choose to live your normal life, you know, have all the earthly pleasures and do all the things the Lord says not to, you can do those things. And... With all that done, if you do those, no one can take your salvation away. Nothing you can do, nothing you will do, nothing you have done will take away your salvation. Think about it this way. If your salvation is a book, let's say it's a book, they take the book and they throw it into a supermax facility. Guarded by the most, all the governments of the world, the hardest security, right? The only way to get in the very last secure thing is a key, right? To open up the gate or whatever it is, keeping your salvation. Now, what happens to that key when you give your life to Christ and you truly do, what happens to that key is that that key isn't just thrown away or locked away into another box. No, it's melted completely down. It's melted into liquid. You can't reform it. And it's probably thrown into the ocean somewhere. Because you can't rebuild that key. You can't make another one. That key is locked away and gone forever. It's into a whole nother different physical state. And so... Once that, once you give your life to Christ, there is no way to get in and there's nothing that can take it from you. So with that said, yes, you can have your salvation truly mean it, but then go live your daily lives. Now to the Christians out there who are listening, don't tell them this, but we all know that once 
you gave your life to Christ and you truly mean it. The Lord, you have accepted the Holy Spirit into your heart and the Lord is going to be nagging at you constantly because you opened the door to him and now he's in your house and now he wants to spend every second with you. So we all know that if you give your life to Christ, he's going to come into your heart and he's going to start changing it. But he has given you free will. You can choose to ignore him. So to those who don't believe and those who are skeptical, you can, it would be smart of you. Now, this is my humble opinion, but I might be biased. But you are listening to this podcast. So you are here listening to the Lord I Need You podcast. So something got you here. I see that something is the Lord. But I might be biased, but it just makes sense in a common sense standpoint that if this stuff is true, if everything I said is actually true and that there is an afterlife and that the Lord is true and that he actually did die and come back to life, then if you don't grab your salvation and all this is true, then you're spending a spot in either two places. You're in heaven or in your hell. And if you don't choose salvation and you don't accept the salvation that is offered to you, you're going to be in hell for eternity. And that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. And it's a place that no one can possibly fathom. And it is a place you definitely don't want to be. For eternity, try wrapping your head around eternity on top of that. But that's if you don't give your life to Christ. Now again, if you do give your life to Christ, you're going to heaven no matter what. And the Lord is accepting you as his child and you're going to be spending eternity in heaven in a beautiful place that we can't even fathom on the whole opposite spectrum. Now again, you have the right to choose. So you can believe... You can give your life to Christ and not believe, but still go to heaven. You can give your give your life to Christ and believe and go to heaven. So there's no real loss factor here. Except we all know that when you do give your life to Christ and you truly mean it, that the, you're opening up to the, to the Lord and that's a door that you cannot close again. And that the Lord is going to nag at your heart and he's going to be there and he's going to steer you from right and wrong. He's going to be nitpicking at you everything because he loves you so much and he can't wait to get to know you and he wants you to know him. But again, you have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose by giving your salvation, by receiving your salvation. The Lord is there and he's wanting you to take it and he wants you to open up the door to him. He wants you to be a child of the Father. And it's all good. And with what Paul is saying here to the Thessalonians, he's he was... Paul was asking the Thessalonians the same thing I'm asking you now is to give your life to Christ. Know that there is a life after death. There is nothing to mourn for because you are going to see them again. And Jesus is living proof of that. He died and came back to life. There is life after death. So with that said, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity, those who do not know Christ who are listening to this, and I thank you for being here because I know it probably was off topic for you to even click on this since the title and everything of this podcast and even this episode, but I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept the Lord as your heavenly father and to receive that salvation so that key can be melted away into nothingness and so that your salvation is yours forever and no one can take it from you. Nothing you can do, nothing you can do, nothing you will do or have done can take it from you. I'm giving you, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to lock that salvation in and to accept the Lord as your heavenly father. And I encourage you to do this because again, there is life after death. It is undisputable fact that there is life after death for there are even earthly accounts of people who have gotten a glimpse of heaven and even those who have gotten a glimpse of hell. 
there is life after death. Now it's up to you to choose which one you're gonna spend eternity in. Are you gonna spend eternity in hell? Or you can do your research, it is beyond what the mind can fathom in disgust and just darkness. Or you could spend eternity in heaven where it's beyond imaginable of good, beauty, love, and just the presence of the Almighty Father. I mean, the God himself, the one true God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is saying that you can spend eternity physically with him. He's allowing you into his home. But you have to let open the door up to your home first and let him walk in. So you can get to know him. This is that opportunity. If you're feeling called to hear from the Lord, if you're feeling called to open up that door, even if it's just a little inkling, I mean, you're here, you've listened to this podcast, you've made it this far. This is the Lord nudging at you. Child, come home. Open up your door to me so I can open up my door to you. If this is that time, please bow your head, close your eyes, and repeat after me, and repeat it in truth, in your own truth. Dear Lord, we believe. I believe in you. I believe that you are the King of Kings. I believe that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died, and I believe that you rose again. I believe that you died for all of our sins. Lord, I love you. You are the one true God and I am receiving my salvation that you have gracefully given me. I love you, Father. I open up my heart to you, open up my mind to you, I open up my soul to you. Father, please come inside and invade every part of me so I may know you. Father, you are the one true King. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, this is a huge moment. This is an exciting moment. This is exactly what Paul was saying at the ends of Thessalonians. So encourage each other with these words. You should be encouraged. There is now hope. If you just prayed that prayer, you locked away your salvation. You accepted what the Lord was giving you, and that key is now melted and gone forever. And if you truly meant it, all this is true, that there is a life after death and you have chosen to spend eternity with the Lord in heaven. When you either physically die and your body's gone, or if, you're, if we're still alive and the Lord comes down and takes you up to him in the final, in the final take. This is a very, you just saved your life. Again, you have nothing to lose. You have just opened the door to the Lord and now he's walking in and he's just giving you a big hug. I know you feel different. I know you, there's something in you that's a little different. 100% right now, that is the Lord hugging you. So excited to get to know you. So excited for you to get to know him because he did create you, so he already knows everything about you. I'm so happy for you. I'm so excited for you. If this is your first time, if you're new, go find a community. Find yourself a Bible. Go start studying, start learning. Go and enjoy what the Lord has for you. 
Guys, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I thought this, this was an awesome one. Pumped. Thank you, Paul, for your message to the Thessalonians because it's still for us. Uh, read that whole, it's only five chapters of 1 Thessalonians. It's only five chapters. So go read the whole book. It's really good. Um, you got Paul's message to the Thessalonians that we just went over. I hope you learned something. And to those who just given their life to Christ and locked away your salvation, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. You got a brother in Christ over here on the other side of the mic. Um, I know there's a ton of us out there who are just waiting to receive you and are so pumped. Um, so again, celebrate, get a cake, do something fun because you just made the greatest decision of your life. Guys, thank you. This is episode three. Have hope. He's coming. So seriously, have hope. And you just locked your ticket away uh, to his coming. And you're going to come up with all of us. And we are all going to spend eternity with the Lord when that happens. So again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for getting all the way through the podcast. Thank you guys for all the support and all the love. Uh, Let's continue to spread the Lord's word and get it out there to as many people as we can. For this is urgent. As Paul said, we who are still living when the Lord returns. It's urgent. It's a time where we are still a factor. He could come when you're done listening to this. He can come today. He can come tomorrow. He can come in the next hour. We don't know. So this is urgent. Get this out to as many people as possible. Okay. I'm done. I will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. Thank you, Father, for this time. See you guys next week.